Good morning. It's a very early Friday morning here in April. Um, and I just have been getting a lot of questions about running lately. That's definitely my my passion and my go-to for the spring, summer, and fall. So I thought I would do a quick um, kind of beginner podcast manual on getting into trail running. Um, so before I begin, I'm just going to plug some of the stuff I have coming on. So next week, I'm really excited. Actually, the next few weeks, I have some really interesting guests because I'm sick of my voice. You're probably sick of it. Um, and we're going to get some really interesting information. But next week, I'm going to be in, uh, interviewing a dietitian. Um, the following week, I'm going to be interviewing a lady who I first met at a retreat and she is a gym owner in rural Alberta. And I'm just going to be talking to her. She's very positive and just seems to be able to switch gears so quickly. That's going to be a great conversation. Um, and then I have a pelvic floor uh, physio coming on. And what else? Oh, and then I have, I'm going to be actually interviewing one of my clients who's had some real tragedy in her life, but yet has a really positive story um, about health and fitness. So next week, a dietitian, and that's going to be a great interview. Anyway, we're going to get right into this. Um, I'm just going to be talking about trail running. And so this podcast is really about people who are looking about getting into trail running, or maybe they started a couple years ago and just aren't meeting those goals that they thought they would be at. And so we're going to talk about some of the things that are need to knows when getting into trail running. So the first thing, you know, if anybody does a race or a run, they see these long distances, these ultra distances, like 50 kilometers, 100 kilometers, 125, 100 miles, 200 miles. It just seems to be um, that sky is the limit in terms of distance. So a need to know for a new trail runner is that most people are hiking. We're doing a very fast paced walk and there's just a little bit of running and you kind of switch in between. You're not running the whole thing. And now mind you, I'm talking about recreational runners. So I'm a recreational runner. I will never be an elite runner. I try my hardest, but I do that for me. And uh, there's a lot of walking. So just know that if you're thinking about doing a 5K, 10K, half marathon, whatever your distance may be, you're going to be walking lots. And there's going to be other people walking, and that's okay. The next thing you need to do is take whatever road time that you had for a 5K or a 10K and throw that out the window because time in trail running is a completely different beast. You could be on the trail for an hour and a half for a 10K versus a 50-minute 10k that you do on on the road so you really have to understand that time is definitely a factor um that you're going to need some fuel when you're out trail trail running hiking um you're going to need some calories and you're really going to have to watch that you're getting enough because hitting the wall or bonking on the trail is a real thing when you definitely become new um, to trail running. 
The other thing you're going to have to ask yourself is, why am I doing this? Are you doing it because you see other people doing it? Or are you doing it because you really have an intrinsic love and you want to get um, out into nature and maybe off the highway more? Trail running is very different than road running. It's like comparing apples to oranges. So you really have to want to get out there, get your feet dirty, be dirty, um, experience some real hit-you-in-the-face type situations <laughs> like you're bonking, you're, you can't run as fast, maybe you didn't eat enough the day before, but you're 10 miles from the vehicle. So these kinds of situations, are they something that you want to get into or are you like, heck no, I want to stay on the highway or the paved trail? And then what is your goal? So what are you looking for a 5K? Are you looking to get more into an ultra distance? Um, is it a time on trail? Is it just a consistent overall pace where you feel better and you're thinking to yourself, I actually enjoy this and this isn't so painful? And all of these are really great goals, but there are some hard truths when it comes to trail running um, that are a little bit, again, different from the road. Also, you're going to need equipment. Um, you're possibly going to need poles. You're going to need a backpack of some type. So it is a little bit more of a financial investment when we look at trail running versus road running. Again, um, shoes are always more expensive when you get into the trails. But I've had my Saucony Peregrine men's for the last four years. Um, you know, my friends kind of bug me because my toes are poking out at the end of it, but they still work for me. I will be investing in a new pair of shoes this year. So what I'm looking for is a very wide toe base. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of support or padding. I like my foot to be free. So I've never tried a Hoka, but I am going to try all, I think, what are they called? I've, I've had a brain freeze, Altra shoes, um, just for their wide toe base. I really like the padding, uh, the amount of padding. I'm not good with a, a toe drop or a whatever drop means nothing to me. I just go and try the shoe on. Um, the Peregrine. I really like the Peregrine. I like how much tread there is and I like the amount of padding. So if the Peregrine and the Altra could have a baby, I think that would be a wonderful running shoe. But you have to go in, you got to try your shoes. Another thing when you're looking for shoes is uh, stitching across the toe awful, awful, awful um, invention. You don't want any stitching across the front of your foot. You're going to want to buy a shoe that's at least a half a size bigger so that when you're going down, you're not bumping up against the front of your shoe and that can create a lot of pain. Um, so you have to think about running shoes as not wearing them for an hour, but being them in in your running shoe for two, three, four, five hours and your foot being wet. I don't care. You can put as much uh, fancy fabric on a running shoe. If you're running in Alberta, it's going to get pretty effing wet. It's going to be soaked in mud at some point. And if it isn't, find me those trails 
And another thing is you're going too slow. You just got to go through the mud. So you have to find a shoe that can get rid of the mud and the sludge water really quick um, and just be damp and not uh, hurt your skin too badly. But I mean, you're going to have hot spots at some point and you just have to either deal with it or um, I, you know, the other hack that I find really that works the best is duct tape. So duct tape will, will uh, fix those hot spots really, really fast and inexpensively. Boy, I'm selling, I'm selling uh, trail running really, <laughs> really well here. You're going to have hot spots uh, sludgy feet, you're going to stink, you're going to be hungry, um, but you're going to see some beautiful parts of our province or wherever you're listening. And I think that's what we're all kind of craving. And that, I think that's the biggest motivator in getting into trail running. So what we're going to hit on today specifically is what does a trail running program look like? How do I get faster? How do I develop more power? Um, how do I keep my joints healthy? So I'm a big proponent of strength training. Um, and you know, you always look at your year, you look at trail running within your whole year. So if it's something that's really important to you, which I assume it is, if you're listening to a podcast based solely on trail running, you're going to look at your major volume is going to start between May and hopefully go into September, October. So we're looking at about a five month run time. Um, in there, you're going to be strength training, a little bit of speed and a little bit of power. And that's going to come from hill training. Now in that off season, we're going to look from October to April assuming that we're doing more distance. So we're, we're looking at higher volumes. So anywhere from 20 K and up in that October to April part of the year, you're going to be really um, looking at your injuries that may have developed over this uh, repetitive sport. You're going to be looking at your strength specifically through your hips, your low core, your low back, your glutes, and in and around your quad and hamstring to keep those knees nice, nice and healthy. And then as the year progresses and we get closer to the new year, you're going to start looking at your speed. So when we're doing an endurance sport, we want to be training the opposite of what our sport requires. So October to April, we're going to be training speed, power, and strength and building as much lean muscle as we can, fixing those injuries, and trying to get as fast and as powerful as we can. So when we get to the May part, the beginning of the season, we're able to progressively overload our endurance with keeping with having a really nice strength and power base behind us. Maybe um, from January to April, we're working on fartlek training. So if you're unfamiliar about what, what that entails, it would be, let's say if your fastest, uh, pace is about, you know, you're running a six minute mile. And what I mean, your fastest pace, you're able to maintain that for up to three to four minutes. And you're, you're, 
uncomfortable, but you're in control of your cadence and your pace. So you're not feeling anything through your low back or your knees. So that's what I'm talking about when you can maintain that pace. So fart lick training would be two minutes, maybe uh, seven minutes, uh, seven minute mile. You know, I'm, I'm really making this um, general. So just something to think about. Two minutes at a seven minute mile, three minutes at a seven and a half minute mile. And then we're going to go a little bit faster. Maybe now you're at a eight minute mile and just uh, making sure that you're increasing your speeds as you go. So I just realized I did that opposite. And if you've ever gotten a program from me, it's like figuring out sign language or a different language. So fartlek training, it's too early in the morning. I'm not going to do the math for you. You want to go at an easy pace for a minute to two minutes, a medium hard pace for two to three minutes, a hard pace, but under control. And I mean hard, you're cruising here for three to four minutes. You do a one minute recovery and then you hit that hard pace again, medium pace, easy pace, and you repeat this cycle. So that would be one cycle, two to three times. And what that does is it helps increase your pace over distance. So you should be able to run longer at that fast pace as you get more comfortable with your fartlek trainings. And this would be something that you would start, you know, January, December, just trying to get your overall pace quicker. Another thing you would look at is your cadence. So when we're doing cadence, um, this is something that you can test yourself. You can have, you can tap it for yourself or have somebody else through a video, but you want to, how many times are you hitting your treadmill in a 15 second or 30 second period and just timesing it by four or by two? And that will give you your overall cadence per minute. Now, a lot of runners, when they start, they're maybe in and around that 150 cadence. So they're tapping, you know, you're hitting the ground 150 times per minute when really we want to get up to 160, 170, and then 180. And a great way of training this is listening to music when you run that has that beat. So when you're trying to get that cadence higher, now, another issue that comes is bringing, driving the knee to chest. So you want to be able to lift your knees up nice and high and have that spring so that you land nice and softly, you know, and this is where power training comes into play. So skipping is a great thing to get knees high, jump squats, jump lunges, toe taps, all of these things to help train power. So then we do sports specific training. It, it, it resonates and um, goes over into the running. And now you have a lighter step, you have a lighter cadence, and you're able to run faster. Of course, it's not all magic. This takes years and you really have to plan. That's why I always and preaching about a program. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's not magic. All of this stuff should be planned within your program throughout the year. So then by the time May comes, you're ready to rock. 
but really something to think about. The other thing I'm a huge proponent of, and I talk about it on my Instagram page, strength training. You know, I'm so sick and tired of seeing basically cardio workouts dubbed as strength training. That is absolutely not strength. We need to integrate more resistance training into trail running. If you think about it, when you're on the trail, there's so many things that can come into play. A route, um, you're running uphill, you're running downhill, so we're using quads, glutes, we're hinged, you're bent over a lot of the time running uphills. Now you feel your low back because your your core is weak. Your shoulders, not enough attention is paid to shoulders, but you're holding your pack, you're using pulls. Now for if you could take more endurance and put that into your shoulder and help pull you up a steep incline versus getting into your quad, why not use that as a tool? So strength training is an injury preventer. It is a longevity creator. And we know that the more lean muscle mass we have on our body, the healthier we're going to be in our later years. And it really, really, really is important um, to do the correct strength training It also helps us with our mobility. So the more strength training you're doing, especially all the unilateral work, like one leg deadlifts, skater squats, Bulgarian split squats, lateral lunges, reverse lunges, and working on that mobility and that strength stretch within your muscle is only going to make you stronger when you're out on the trail and not get into these runners who can like barely bend anywhere. They can only go straight and not have a lateral movement at all. And you definitely do not want to have those issues. So strength training can be a real, a real um, help there. So we're strength training, you know, really focus on speed and power and strength through October until May. And then we get to the good part. And that is the progressive overload of the sports-specific endurance training. So we hit the trail and you're able to go really hard and fast. Um, I typically look at an attainable training program would have three days, maybe four, but you're going to maintain a little bit of power and strength through hill training. You're going to obviously have the sports-specific training with your long distance, and then you're going to have some type of intensive climb followed by a um, as-fast-as-you-can trail run. Now, that might be multiple um, hills followed by a trail run, or maybe you've talked about it or heard about the Jacob's Ladder you know, climbing, it's its a wonderful machine if you can get your hands on one, um, getting a huge volume of feet or meters in an hour that you don't have access to a mountain and you're able to really push your lactic threshold there and then hit the trail. And by the time you get onto a trail, you're able to climb relatively easy, even if it's a hike, And then you're able to run the tops and cruise the downs. Um, 
It's a great way to get ready for, for trail running. Hill training is another great way to get ready for um, long distance running on the trails. It is, uh, you know, very interpretive, but hill training is hard. It's very hard. So the first thing you want to do when you're doing hill training is push that hill. We're not looking for a nice little jog up the hill. We're training the hill. We want to go as hard as we can, recover on the down, and then repeat. So you don't want to take how you are running on a race day or a long run day and put that into hill training. It's the opposite. This is where we're maintaining our speed and our power. So you cruise that hill as hard as you can. It's hard to talk when you get to the top. It shouldn't be, oh, that was easy. If it is, you need to push a little bit harder and then you recover on the down and you repeat. So depending on where your training is, that's one of the most important things that you can do. And then obviously slowly progressing to more hills, making them steeper and increasing your speed. Now we get to long distance. So you need to become familiar with the trails around your community, uh, maybe getting a friend so that you feel safe, um, bringing food with you. Having more food when you begin and not having enough is better. Knowing that salt is your friend, having gummies along with you so that you can chew on something or suck on something. Um, and then you're just going to have to test your body and see where, where it is. You may crash and that's happened to everybody. Um, but the more you do it, the more idea you'll have, um, in terms of when you need to fuel or if you fueled too much. So obviously bringing toilet paper is a good idea too. Um, but when you, depends on how, um, you know, advanced you are as a runner. So if you're typically doing a 10K is pretty easy distance for you throughout the year, then starting your trail run, you know, 12, 15, 20K, because you're typically going to be going slower than you would on the road is, is absolutely fine. And then progressing about five to 10K up a run from there. Again, this is very general. And then once you get into those bigger runs, those long distances, you know, that's why we love trail running is it really is a mental game. So you're never going to run a hundred miles and then run a hundred miles. You always want to weigh the risk versus the benefit. So, you know, your chance of running a hundred miles injuring yourself and then having to run 100 miles on race day is very high, especially when we're peaking throughout the season. So, you know, and there's really no studies that have been done on this, none that I'm aware of anyway, but maybe you're only going to run 100K and then the rest of it becomes mental. And isn't that why we love trail running? You know, you can run 5K, 10K, half marathon on road, and you know you're going to be done in about an hour and a half. Sure, you could have conditions with rain or snow or whatever, but when you're on the trail, you really could be out there for hours and you could be out there alone. 
And so that last bit, you can train all the physical, all the physicalities that you want. But I think why we're all out there is because we're really trying to push that mental component. You want to see how far you can go, how far you can push your body. And I'm also a big proponent of staying safe. Like all the stories that come out of ultra runners of rhabdo and kidneys failing, we're wreck runners out here that that is not worth it. So stopping at any point is fine. Um, but it's okay to really push yourself and be uncomfortable and know that, yeah, I've trained up to 100K or 120K and I'm going to feel good up to that point. But after that, everybody's body is in pain. Everything hurts. You're stiff as F and you're just trying to put one foot in front of the other and finish the race. And so I think that's another wonderful thing about trail running is it really is a mental game versus just a physical game. That's why you see some amazing athletes are unable to finish trail, you know, trail races and somebody who doesn't look quite as athletic finishes one because they have the mental strength to finish that race. Um, And that, that really is what makes a sport really special. So desire, um, you know, mental strength, being grateful. I, one of my pet peeves with runners is when they say, I have to, I have to go run. No, you absolutely do not have to. We have to pay bills. We have to go grocery shopping. We have to go to work. These are things that are required of us. But trail running really is a gift. And I truly feel like that when I get out there and it's just personally me and my dogs or maybe a friend. Um, you know, there's no huge time limit. You're, it's the feeling of freedom. And I think it's kind of that throwback to how you feel as a kid. But you're just free and you're able to run. And I'm so grateful that my body is able to do it. And it's really euphoric. Um, And then, you know, something starts to hurt or you sucked going up a hill and maybe you feel sorry for yourself for a second. But in a world where there are so many have tos, I think if you're looking for a race or a run and you think I have to do this, then maybe you really need to look back as into your why. Why are you doing this? If that long distance isn't appealing to you or you're starting to use it, I have to, then maybe this isn't for you. Maybe you need to find something else. Maybe hiking is better or maybe road running is better. But I really discourage that word have to and turning it around and saying, I get to, I get to wake up at 4.30 in the morning and drive out to the trail and get my run done before I go to work. How lucky am I? And I really believe that. I do feel that lucky when I get to get out to the trail. Um, and the desire, the desire for running and not necessarily it always being a race, but to enjoy the training, it can be arduous and it can be long and it's definitely repetitive, 
but those few times in the summer when you hit the trail and you're able to cruise, it really seems worth it. And, you know, training properly isn't a mistake and it doesn't just happen. You have to look at it through a whole year and think about what are some of the things that I want to accomplish. Is it just a long trail? Is it a shorter trail run? What didn't I do well the year before? What are some things that I can improve on? But yeah, I just wanted to do you know, a quick short little podcast on trail running and getting into it and some things to think about. And um, give me some questions on Instagram if you have any, and I will try and answer everything that I can about running And remember to stay tuned because I have uh, an interview with a dietitian coming up next week and I'm really excited for it. Anyway, have a beautiful Friday. Enjoy this glorious weather and have fun and stay safe on the trails.